Welcome back to the podcast. Joining us today is an old friend of mine,、um, someone who I've, I have a hard time keeping up with because every time I reach out to him and say, Hey, Luke, are you, are you in town? Can we talk? He's in a country that I wish that I could visit.、Um, he's one of those kinds of people. And he's always got posts up on his Facebook of standing at the edge of some, some ferocious looking cliff or precipice or something like that.、Um, so, Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today, man. Steven, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have some time to chat with you. Absolutely. Luke,、um, tell me about yourself.、Um, since this is a TCK podcast, I have to ask the question where are you from? Oh, how dare you ask that question? <laughs>、um, but、uh, for me, it's、uh, a rather easy one.、Um, I am not myself a TCK.、Um, so I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And lived there until the age of 22.、Uh, went to high school, went to public school, went to、uh, a local university there, Bethel University. Some of you listening might be familiar.、Um, and then after graduating,、um, I packed up my bags and I moved to、uh, Manila, Philippines, where that's actually where you and I met, Stephen, as I'm sure you remember. That's right. Uh, and uh, I went there to. Produce a promotional video、um, because the teachers there、uh, raise support. And so、uh, we needed a way to kind of have them communicate with their supporters so that people could see what life was like as a teacher there at Faith Academy. So I went there for that reason、mm. and、uh, ended up staying for two years and asked to be、uh, the eighth grade Bible teacher.、Um, and I also taught.、Uh, Middle school girls PE with your wife, Amy, which was a blast. That's right.、Yeah. I, I definitely would not have survived without her.、Um, so yeah, that, that was, uh, and then that was a very,、uh, life changing event. After two years of teaching Bible, I realized how much I didn't know.、Mm. Um, and so,、uh, the conviction set in that,、uh, even though I was asked to stay at Faith Academy, it felt that I needed to go back to the States to,、um, study. And so I did. I went back to Minneapolis,、uh, and studied at Bethlehem Seminary,、um, and got my Masters of Divinity and completed that,、um, about a year and a half ago. And、uh, upon completing、uh, my Master's of Divinity,、uh, I still had a heart for the nations. And along those four years in seminary, I still took trips、um, to many places, many countries, which we can talk about later. Um, uh, and so that just kept my,、uh, my heart、um, focused on, on not staying or being complacent and staying in, in Minnesota, but being willing to follow the call wherever that might be in the world. And so,、um, Immediately after seminary,、um, I joined up with a, a friend of mine. He's uh, uh, from Columbia, but we studied together at seminary in Minneapolis. And、um, he was planting a church in South Florida. And so、um, I knew a little Spanish at the time. And、uh, he said, We need a bilingual worship leader. And so、uh, I said, Man, that sounds incredible. Let's do it. So I moved down there. After a couple months, we realized that everyone there was. Spanish speaking. And so,、um, that was just the ministry that God had provided. I, I wasn't sure that how helpful I was actually being. And, and so I still wanted to serve, but,、uh, is at that time that I decided that both,、uh, Michael and I, uh, decided it'd be best if I took a step back. And about that same time, um, I got an email to, uh, 
for an offer to teach at a school in Bolivia. And I was thinking, well, this would be a great way for me to learn uh, fluent Spanish and to also get back to teaching uh, in the classroom, which I just fell in love with in the Philippines. And now I had a chance to do it again. And so um, that's where I'm at currently right now. I'm in La Paz, Bolivia, uh, in the mountains at a school called Highlands. Okay. And um, teaching English, but I teach Bible. I'm the I'm the high school chaplain, and um, we just finished our first semester, so I've got okay. a year and a half left on the contract. But uh, this is this is my new home. Yeah, wow. It's so funny to hear that story, Luke, and just to be reminded that you know so often when we open ourselves to um, God's leading and uh, profess a like you say a heart for the nations and just say, hey, you know. I'm open to serving God wherever, and like I really want to see you know the nations come together to worship Him. God had God has this amazing plan for you to move to Florida, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, if you I'm say like, that okay, you're going to serve God, God anywhere, Minnesota. it's not Minnesota, so I'll take it. But <laughs> come oh, on, <laughs> I'm sure, especially at this time of year in winter, um, that's yeah. a big deal. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I read a quote. I came across a quote that really described things the way my heart was just kind of set. And and I think the quote went something like, um, most of us are happy to stay and willing to go. But when we read the commission, it's I think our heart's disposition should be willing to stay but ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it kind of flips it on its head where... We, yeah, you know, it was just kind of something that stuck with me. And I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not quoting it exactly correctly, but I think the sentiment is there. Yeah. And that was just something I really identified with. Mm, that's good. Willing to stay, but ready to go. Exactly. Instead of ready to stay, willing to go. Yeah. I think that's usually how we approach missions or a call to just not even go out of the country, but just leave the city you know. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. Just that very call is is frightening, or even just leaving the leaving the comfort of um, what you know, um, your own social roles and your own self perceived identity and stuff like that. Um, it can be sure, frightening yeah. to yeah. branch outside of that and to be someone new and to do something yep. new with your life as you know as God would lead. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, Luke, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today, not to um, take away from the subject. I feel like this, perhaps answering the call, needs to be something we circle back around to another time. But um, uh, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, windows and fences, um, as it were, in that, um, you know, windows are the part of the house where you look out and people look in at you, and fences are the things that you put between yourself and others. And I think that both yeah, yeah. Uh, both play a part in uh, both can play a part in a safe and healthy uh, home and a safe and healthy life. Um, and I use I use this analogy because when I moved to the Philippines and we were looking at houses, people told me think think about breaking into a house. When you go to look at a house, ask yourself if you were desperate to get into that house, how would you do it? If there's a way that you can can get into it, someone will get into it. Like if you can break a window, they will yeah. get in there. You know, yeah. if if there's yeah. a fence, but you can climb over that fence, like it's a, sure it's a fence, but there's a lot of poles and there's a lot of trees, and you could climb over that fence, it will be climbed over. And so just think about yeah. how you would break into that house. And if you can see an obvious route, then let's just assume that 
you know, that's going to happen. And then when I moved, and so I kind of had that paradigm in my mind. And when we moved back to the States, I was walking around one day and I was looking at all the houses and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I could break into any one of these houses in a moment. <laughs> like they have, that's right. everybody's got windows, but nobody has a fence. There's, yeah. it feels like there's no protection. And I just had this weird reverse culture shock moment where I was like, man, I just feel so unsafe in this country. And I, I didn't feel that way about my own house. And I don't think I've, you know, really dwelt on that since. Um, but I think that's kind of like an, an, an analogy for, um, the TCK community, at least as I've experienced it in that we want to see the world and we want people to see us. But at the same time, like we need fences. Um, and I think that like yeah. for TCKs, um, in a TCK community, particularly such as an international school or something, you know, people come and go so often that you really need to have boundaries up. Um, you can't, you can't become best of friends with everyone. You can't share your heart and soul with everyone. Otherwise, you're just going to be in constant pain right. of saying goodbye and letting go and making that adjustment all over again. How, on right. the other hand, um, if those fences get too high, um, then nobody's going to see into those windows. Nobody's going to see you, and you're going to live your life very much alone. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, if I if I may, um, yeah, just chiming in on, on the idea of boundaries. Um, I mean, by definition, um, a boundary is basically uh, a line or something like a fence that that marks a limit of an area, right? Yeah. Um, so you put a you put a fence outside your house, and that marks this is my property basically. Yeah. And that's a, that's a physical understanding of boundaries. But as you talk about it, we can easily apply that metaphorically to our own lives. And in many ways, I see boundaries as fundamental to human development and, and survival and even progress. Mm. So when we're children, we're introduced to, to boundaries extremely early on. Our parents set the bedtime. They decide what we will and will not eat. Um, they preside over the type of language we use. All, I mean, there, it, it's, there's a lot. Yeah. Right. And for good reason. Uh, today, maybe that's changed a bit. I, I, in a lot of households, um, I guess I'm in particular, I'm talking about the states, but, um, in many households, the parents run things as more of a democracy with the kids rather than a dictatorship. Sure. Um, I think that's, I think it's misguided. Um, a child's self-expression, so, oh, let him do that or let her do that because that's what they want to do. It's not hurting anyone. Well, that self-expression should not trump their sense of security. And what boundaries provide, if, if they're reasonable and, and well thought out, they provide security. And so uh, I think the value of security, particularly for a child, needs to take precedent over them just expressing themselves. I mean, they live in a fantasy world literally a fantasy world right so let's not <laughs> let's let's put some boundaries there and they need that for their own safety if they watch a superhero movie and think they can fly we have to set up a boundary to make sure that they don't climb up to the roof and jump off thinking they can fly right um so uh that's just an example of of a physical boundary uh and it usually it's for safety it's for the child's well-being um we don't let four-year-olds drive cars you don't let a small child watch violent or graphic movies. You, you're, you don't let the child hit another kid or just take away their toy. 
these are literal boundaries. And, and I think kids are really smart and they start to make connections between physical boundaries, uh, what they can and can't do with their bodies. And then they make a connection to non-physical boundaries. Mm. Um, there's a lot more to be said. Uh, I'm not pretending to be a child development psychologist or anything. So I'll kind of leave it at that. But the point is this, uh, with boundaries, we learn about appropriate limitations on our behavior. If you remember, like how I defined it was, it's a line or a fence or something that marks the limits of an area. Mm -hmm. And so when you have boundaries as a person, you learn about what those limitations are for your behavior. And as you get older, you can start setting your own boundaries and are hopefully based on loving, caring guidance of your parents uh, or your pastors or your teachers. Um, friends aren't so great at helping you set boundaries, but <laughs> um, that might be a category there. Um, but we learn that we have to respect other people's boundaries because we, we expect them to do the same for us. And the hard part is that no two cultures set the same boundaries particularly for, for TCKs, this is something that they realize, uh, and it can be quite shocking, like like you shared in your story um, about the, the fences and climbing over and thieves and not feeling safe and that kind of thing. Well, it's, it's that cultural tension. And not only that, it's not just cultures, but no two families set the same boundaries. Like, kids pick up on this so quickly, and um, I, I would love to hear your... Uh, um, Maybe you have a story or something about this, but has one of your kids ever said, how come so-and-so gets to do this and I don't? Or, but so-and-so, their parents let them do that. Like, they see that other families have different different boundaries. Oh, absolutely. And especially in the past couple of years, we've, um, because of certain um, health issues that have been, um, that have, that have been pretty serious, that we've just kind of all got on a very strict diet. And we said, you know, look, kids, there's some stuff that's just that's just bad for you, and we can't, we're not going to let you eat that anymore. Um, refined mm -hmm. sugar, while delightful, is actually pretty <laughs> addictive and can yeah, mess yeah. with your life. And it's messed with, you know, uh, with mommy's body, and that like she's got all these problems, and so we're not going to let, we're not going to eat that in our family anymore because it it will make you sick. And they just clung on to like sugar makes you sick, and so they go out, and you know they're at they're at church and people are handing out lollipops and they say, would you like one? They're like, no, sugar makes you sick. Like, why is everybody else eating that? Don't they know that it's going to make them sick too? This is ridiculous. Why are you passing out this poison? Exactly. <laughs> They'll even say that. They're like, we can't eat, you know, and there's a list of, we can't, we don't eat sugar, gluten, dairy, food, dyes, or poison. And poison is on, it's actually on the list. I did not put it there, but they picked it up and I just left it because it's cute, you know? Yeah, I think it's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> And, 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 and that, yeah, that is such a good example of, of how kids see that, um, you know, through their eyes, like you've given them rules and it's for their good and it's a boundary. Um, but what they don't see yet, um, or, or maybe what your older ones, maybe what, maybe he'll, he'll be the first to have this happen, but he's going to come across, um, another, uh, family or culture or whatever, but probably family, he'll come across another family whose kid is allowed to eat the things that he's not. And he's going to have to reconcile, okay, this doesn't connect because my 
parents who I love and I respect and they care for me said this, but this kid is allowed to do this and he seems happy and healthy. So what happens now? And it's just that clash. And this is how he's going to grow and develop and kind of right now everything's black and white, but he'll, uh, he's facing that sort of boundary limit right now and he's testing it. He's trying to understand how it works. And not only, um, and the hard part is to not only understand the reasons why he has these boundaries, but also to respect that other family's boundaries that they've set up. And when they don't, and when they don't align perfectly, because they never do. Right. Um, how do you navigate your kids through that? And that's how we learn. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, but when he gets older, there's an even harder part. Um, it's not right. Like what he's going to come into contact with is other families, boundaries, or maybe other cultural boundaries, like a high contact culture versus a low contact culture. How do we say hello? That kind of stuff. You can navigate that fairly easily. Uh, it might be uncomfortable, but you know, you figure it out. But the harder part is that when you get older, you realize no two people have the same boundaries. Right. And so it's not a family. There's no more like, well, my dad said, or well, my mom said, it's not that anymore. It's, this is my boundary that I have set. And I think this is just what makes relationships messy. Once, once a a young man or or a young woman realizes this, they, they reach an impasse. And I think both the options that they have to pick are difficult. And I think we, we see this, um, with TCK's, in high school, but particularly afterwards when they go to, uh, when they go to college. All right. So, yeah, we have, um, TCKs have, have these boundaries that they've, uh, that they've learned from their families and um, that they've learned from experience, perhaps that they've learned from outside factors such as, you know, trusted church leaders and teachers and that kind of thing, like you mentioned. Um, and then they grow in their own sense of boundaries and develop their own personal, unique, um, sense of who they are and what they're going to do with their lives and um, just creating the boundaries that they have for themselves. And then they get into college and beyond. And um, then they're kind of faced with this dilemma of. Well, the dilemma I would say is either you make yourself vulnerable and risk making a mess and embarrassing yourself um, or you can avoid that all and just keep adding to your fence and turn it into a wall that nobody can climb over because um, anyone that's trying to come in is an enemy. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're trying to they're trying to take something from you. Right. Uh, when re- when really they're just kind of like, oh, you're you're the new family. We brought you like a hot dish or whatever it is. If people know what hot dish is at the Minnesota thing to do when you have a new neighbor, you bring over some food that you cooked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but (laughs) yeah, so I mean, that is, it's a sign of friendship and and all of those things. But if you built the wall and nobody can even see that you're home, like nobody's, they're going to knock on the door maybe once, but if you don't let them in at that time, then you've, you've lost that potential friendship or relationship. Right. Something that I, uh, faced when I was in, uh, when I was in high school and we were transitioning to living in America from living in, you know, Nigeria, um, I decided sort of arbitrarily that, uh, American culture is just by in general stupid. 
Um, and it wasn't like a, a cognitive decision that I came to. It was more of an, an emotional statement that I was trying to make with my life. But like, I specifically targeted like sports, like sports. That's just stupid. Like they're not actually doing anything. They're passing a ball back and forth. Why would you pay them millions of dollars a year? They're not accomplishing yeah. anything for the greater good. This makes no sense, you guys. And then people would be like, Hey, you should come over for the, you know, for the Super Bowl and watch a sport with us. And I'm like, what a ginormous waste of time. Why on God's green earth would I spend hours watching a television screen? Like, I'm not going to support the system, you know? And I had created a boundary there, whereas people really were offering me friendship and I completely missed it. And I could have gone to the party and, you know, I would probably not have died but i think that's that's kind of where how i felt that um felt that dilemma of well i've got this boundary um but at the same time i need i need authenticity i need vulnerability and i desperately need friendship and that was something that came a little bit slower because i had to work on these boundaries and why they were there and how to take them down you know if if i may can i can i press in a little bit on on some of the things that i hear you said so um, one of the things, uh, well, first thing that, that I immediately thought of when I heard you talking about it was, uh, there, Jerry Seinfeld had a stand up a while back about sports and just the nonsensical nature of fans and people who love a particular team. And he's like, ah, yeah, I mean, you watch a baseball game and the team that happens to be in the same city that you're from won the game and you say, we won, we won. And Jerry's like, no, they won. You watched. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and uh and so that, that did kind of make me take a step back and be like that's a really good point what is the point in being a fan but in, in regards to kind of your own analysis what what you recognized maybe after the fact was that it wasn't about the sports event itself necessarily it might have been that for those people but tied into that was something that uh, we call a bid and basically, when you're developing any relationship with someone, you offer bids. And the bid's basically like, I'm going to throw something out there, and you, I'm giving you the option to either say yes or no. Right. And early on, unless the person's really persistent, in which case they might just be creepy because you've said no a million times, but early on... If you say no to the first two bids that someone makes to you, like the likelihood that you have a friendship in the future is like slim to none. And so, um, yeah, if, if you can look at things like that from, from that standpoint, okay, I don't care about the game. I don't care about sports at all. What are we doing? We're wasting our time. But if you look at it from the standpoint of they made a bid, and that was very generous of them to even invite, like they loved me enough or ceased me enough to even invite me to want to spend time. That's enough of a reason to say yes. And that the activity or whatever it is you're doing at that point doesn't really matter. Oh, definitely. Um, so I was, uh, I was going to this youth group and, um, I was having a really hard time just connecting with people and, I never really did make any um, deep friendships despite my best efforts and despite, you know, my trying to take those walls down. Um, and I can think of one instance in particular where, where the guys were like, hey, let's go and, you know, let's maybe stay after a youth group and play video games together. And I was like, sure, I'll play video games with you. 
and it was awkward and embarrassing and painful because I was terrible at video games yes. and I didn't know yes. I didn't know yep. up from down in this video game and so I was standing there and letting people shoot me basically the whole time <laughs> and trying to like smile like wow I'm so glad that we get to spend time together this is so meaningful thank you that, that is so funny you say that because I, I wanted to my follow-up to that was you know what are you really saying no to it's not maybe it is that you don't care about sports in that context or something like that but what you just highlighted in that story was exactly what you might be afraid of and it's a reason to say no that you don't actually have to share mm -hmm. in other words you could hide behind the saying i don't care about sports but really what you're saying is i have no interest in trying to learn about something that's important to you that's right yeah and so uh yeah, I've been convicted of that so many times and, and just that realization, um, to get to that point, you have to know yourself, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I know it's a bit cliche to say, but you have to be secure in yourself to let other people laugh at you when you don't know when you're just getting killed in the video game or you don't know the rules of all, all the rules of football. There's a million anyways, but American football. And so if you watch it, you have to, take a you, you would be embarrassed to even ask like why are they throwing it that way and i don't understand what just happened i don't know the rules and what you've done there is made yourself vulnerable and open to what would you like criticism or being laughed at or whatever it might be and that's yeah, a scary absolutely. thing and also um just putting yourself in that situation where you are a little bit vulnerable to criticism and um to exposing um, your true abilities and capabilities there's a fear that um, that may shut down further bits, right? That like if I'm if I oh, yes. know nothing about yep. football, if I'm absolutely 100% genuinely terrible at this video game, then like they're just gonna know that like I'm I am the outsider, and the outside is where I belong, and that's where they're going to leave me forever. You know? Wow! Wow! Absolutely. Yep. And so I think that's that, right. I and think that there's always a risk that like as much as you do make yourself vulnerable and let people see into yourself. Um, there's a risk, there's a risk of overexposing yourself and like, you don't want to look like an outsider so much to the, to the extent that that becomes the reality in which you live and the label, which you allow other people to assign you to. And isn't that the, the challenge in this context, in this scenario, that is the TCK challenge right there. It's, yeah. I want to fit in, but I it seems like it's just natural for everyone else here to just connect and fit in. And I want that, but the only way I feel like I'm actually going to fit in is if I'm somebody I'm not. I got to put on a mask. Right. Um, and that's not going to last and that's not going to be fulfilling. I'm going to constantly be fighting this feeling that these people don't know me. And even if they can get close, like let's say they get inside the fence or inside the wall. Mm -hmm. Well, lucky for me, I have set up like 12 inch thick bulletproof glass. So even if you are only a foot and a half away from me physically, you can never get to me. Right. You can never actually come in. Right. And also when people are, when, especially TCKs, I think when TCKs put on that mask, and try to become something um, just so that they can get in and, and, you know, get close to people, there's a risk of, like, people seeing the mask for what it is and saying, 
you're not being genuine. I don't know who you are and you tried to sell me on something that's not true and therefore I don't trust you. And then there's an opposite risk of selling the mask so well that that's who you have to be. That's right. That's exactly right. There's a, uh, I'm, I'm reading a, a book right now. It's, it's called the laws of human nature. It just came out. And, um, I think what TCKs need to hear and understand is that they're not the only ones who feel the need to wear a mask. Mm. They're not the only ones who feel the need to put on a face in order to be accepted, uh, to be liked, to succeed, whatever. Um, everybody has that that temptation or feeling and everyone does it to some degree or another. Yeah. Um, but the, the unique issue uh, as far as, as far as I can tell is that a TCK, like you said, is in a way punished for their authenticity by their new host culture. I think of uh, uh, like a similar thing happening to a kid who's been homeschooled from kindergarten to eighth grade. And then his parents throw him in a, in a public school. It's not that right. they're any less intelligent. That's actually the opposite, probably. But they're they they're thrown in this new context, this new culture, and because of this punishment, like the moment they're they're, they're they don't know something that everybody in that host culture uh, knows, um, then then they're they're punished for that by either being um, seen as different and therefore loners. Um, or, or they're bullied if they keep trying to enter into the group, or if, like you said, they put on the mask really, really well, then they become their host culture, even though that's not who they truly are. And so now everything's just an act and the act is there so that they can at least not be alone. And man, what a challenge. What a challenge. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a burden to bear. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have the answers necessarily, but it, it's something worth talking about and thinking about each individual for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a challenge. And, and it, it leads, I think, to who you have to answer the question for yourself. Who am I? And TCKs have a hard time answering that. I think this is definitely a message that every TCK needs to hear is that, um, uh, boundaries are a real thing. They're healthy. They're good for you. Um, vulnerability and authenticity um, is, you know, necessary for relationships. Um, both of those need to be in balance. Um, but ultimately, yes. everything needs yeah. to start with your own um, your own awareness of yourself and who you are, and most specifically in the light of who God sees you to be. Um, and Luke, as we're kind of wrapping things up here, um, do you have any final thoughts or? words for TCKs or perhaps the families and the caregivers of TCKs? Um, one thing that I was just thinking about, um, every, every good podcast has to end with a CS Lewis quote, I think. Come on. So I think, I think I'll, 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 I'll try and land the plane here in a moment. But, um, as I think about the challenges, particularly in regards to boundaries and, and authenticity and all of that is, um, so often we, we lay down all the walls and say, there's no boundaries. Anybody can come in and mm. I'm not going to get hurt. And then you get hurt. Yeah. And then you swing the pendulum to the other way and say, I'm building walls so high that this is Fort Knox. Like nobody's getting in. Right. And even if I wanted to let them in, I threw the key away, you know? And, and so those are kind of the, the two 
ditches that, that you could fall into. Um, but, but C.S. Lewis, uh, said this, and, and you mentioned it uh, about finding that balance of knowing yourself and saying, who can I get close to? Not too fast. Um, but in a loving way, who can I care for and let in a little bit, little by little and develop lasting relationships, even if we're on other sides of, of the, the globe. But, uh, C.S. Lewis says this in, in, uh, in his book, The Four Loves. He says, uh, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. But if you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it no one, not even an animal. Wrap your heart up carefully around with your hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, and airless, it will change. Your heart will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And so I guess my point is this. Um, these two options that you have, you can swing too far in either direction. So um, figure out what that balance is for you, healthy boundaries, while also preserving that softness of heart mm. and your, your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, we're created for community and, yeah. and there really are, there really are authentic people out there who deserve your trust and your friendship. They exist. Mm-hmm. And so pray and ask for guidance and and find those people absolutely all right well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today luke it's been really good to um hear from you and just share with you um like i said this is something that means a lot to me personally and i'm sure it's going to be a a really helpful thing for other tck's to hear as well so well i appreciate you you reaching out and it has been um a wonderful a wonderful hour spent chatting with you so thanks for everything man and uh you and your family are in my prayers and um, we'll keep in touch. All right. You have been listening to TCKK the podcast with your host, Stephen Black, and today's guest, Luke Bostrom. I hope to see you again next week as we hear from another TCK right here in the Portland area, Gabe Myers. And yet again, like, subscribe, rate the show. Stay connected as we hear weekly from TCKs and TCK care experts. See you again next week. I'm out.